All right, good morning again, Redemption Flagstaff. Uh, Pastor Vince here with uh, a good friend of ours we'll introduce in just a moment. Obviously, you know Anthony. Uh, we are continuing on. This is going to be week four of our series called Conversations with Leaders We Love. It's a real simple idea. There's people we really respect uh, that we think we want to learn from, and we think it'd be really good for you guys to learn from as well. And so we're here with Pastor Josh Watts, uh, formerly of Redemption Gateway. Formerly. And, uh, and so really thanks for coming up yeah, and being with us today. Today, um, the focus is going to be talking about kind of two kind of two main foci, if you will. Uh, I like it, math term. You. Well I done. Know. Thank you. I'm Asian. And then so uh, <laughs> the first one, the first discussion is going to be on youth yeah. and, and what does it mean for the gospel to come to bear uh, yeah. with uh, with our youth? And, and that was you can talk right. about that past a little bit. And then we'll pivot a bit and talk about church planning a bit this morning as well. And so uh, thanks for being here. Yep. Why don't you just give a quick introduction to who you are? And quick intro. Yeah. So yeah, I'm John. Josh Watt, uh, from Phoenix. I spent some time in Texas. My background before ministry is teaching. I was a math teacher in the inner city in Texas and then in Tempe. Uh, and then I went to Second Mile, which then became Redemption Gateway, became a youth pastor and just kind of grew with the church. Eventually was a next-gen pastor. That's kind of a church term for... Yeah young people, <laughs> right, the guy right, who right. watches all the young people and oversees right. all the young people. Um, and then recently my wife and four boys. So I should tell you, I have a wife, Aubrey and four sons, Elijah, Roman, Jude, and Ozzy. Um, and they love the church and they can't wait for this new church to get going. But we moved to North Phoenix. If you know Phoenix at all at the 51 and cactus is where we bought a house and we're planning on starting a church there with a core group of people that joined us. So yeah. that's my yeah. story. And it's a redemption church, to clarify. It's a you redemption. Said, yeah. Redemption yeah. North Mountain. Redemption so. North Mountain will be the newest uh, congregation here at Redemption Church. And congregation so, number 10. Yeah. We're here back we We're back to 10, which is, feels good. <laughs> <laughs> so just felt weird. It's always has to you know? say it like that. Well, it's just <laughs> tough because it was like we have literature that's, that says 10. And we're like, oh, that was That's why we did it. Back uh, at 10. So yeah. then we, Roll we, the we, dice. Let's yeah, go for 10. We sped up Josh's process significantly <laughs> just to get back to 10. has nothing to do with me or the church. It's the literature, it's number, folks. Yeah. So we're going to talk about, we'll talk about Redemption North Mountain. Yeah. And uh, as you can tell, there's, some, there's sirens coming on. back to the office right now. And so uh, that's just the fun part of, of being able to record digitally. Yeah. So uh, so we'll talk more about the church plant and, and really why church planting in just a moment. But let's yeah. jump right into the conversation yep. around around youth. The this, is, this is something, <laughs> the youths. Um, this is something Anthony, you know, he really happy that he's part of this conversation too. Anthony was a youth pastor for many years. And He's so, an expert in the youth. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The I'm I'm hip to them. If yeah. you if you know I'm that hip term. to the youth. Rad. Um, I'm rad. rad. Yes. Whereas I feel like I'm almost defunct when it comes to really yeah. ministering well to the youth. And you so taught one of our camps one time. I know, you, and it was I never got invited back. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so true statement. Um, yeah. I think hey, families in the church, if you have teens, try to make your teens talk to Vince and just yes. watch Vince. Just he doesn't know yeah. quite what to do. Usually. Yeah, like if you want to. Like, do they scare you? No, it's just I, I you know, You've I wasn't a Christian your, in high school uh, and so all your I references feel like are I, irreverent I, and wrong. Yeah, like I feel yeah. like I need to be overly Christian <laughs> with kids. So I, I don't know what to do. So anyway, uh oh, so teach me today as well as the rest of us. I think there there is this um and, and next gen is a, it's probably a good title in the sense yeah. of what does it mean for the church to invest well yeah. in, in our youth and who's coming up yeah. that will take over for us, hopefully, right? Yep. So let's start off hopefully. with the scriptures, let's jump into the Bible a bit. 
bit. What are some of the scriptures, what are some of the passages and the places you think it's important for us to know that you'd take us to about what this looks like for the church to minister well to that community? Yeah, I mean, I, Matthew 28, the great command, the great discipleship commandment on the church to make disciples. That's the overarching thing of the Bible is God is taking this people, whether you're reading the Old Testament, they take them out of slavery and he shapes them to form them into a people. Right. So that's the point of this life. This is the point of churches. This is the point of our job is to make disciples um, so that youth just fit under that umbrella so there's nothing kind of right, new right, right, right. or unique or yep. special it's discipleship making so I don't have a ton of verses because honestly if you read through the Bible especially as you, you lead youth talk about teens or youth or that kind of in-between stage the Bible's pretty silent because that wasn't a cultural uh, norm for them I sure. mean the idea of adolescence and the teen years is kind of a post-industrial revolution reality that has now been pressed upon us mm -hmm. and it's now a thing that we're not going back from uh, it's here to stay right, uh, right. but it's not something you can go to biblical references and say here's how you deal with a teenager the book of proverbs is probably the closest like heart for giving wisdom to mm -hmm. that age demographic mm -hmm. but really we're just talking about making disciples um so that's the family's job deuteronomy talks about hero israel the lord is one teach right. your children this. teach it yes. teach it teach it yep. teach it teach it teach it matthew 28 make disciples who know how to fully obey my commandments that's what we're doing um so the image i like to use is two images one is a web so when i was leading youth ministry i like to think of kids having a web around them and okay. my job and your job I thought the way I thought my job as a pastor was to surround more and more teens with gospel influencers. So if their web of influencers in their hey, life are cool. mostly teens or idiots on TikTok or whatever, like we want <laughs> right, right. gospel influencers right. in their life right. shaping gospel them. idiots. Yes. <laughs> making yeah. disciples. So that was one image. The other image was ruts in a road. Uh, there's a Scott McKnight book about the church. I think it's called Fellowship of Difference. But he says basically this, everything I've learned about the Christian life, I learned from the local church. Everything. I'll boil it down to this. The huh. local church matters more than any of us realize. Mm -hmm. And I took that quote and I just, I, this illustration came to mm -hmm. me of ruts. I like hunting. I like being up north. This is where I come a lot. And there's this one mountain I'm always on that has these ruts that have been there forever. And being a youth, being a young person is kind of like, ruts are being formed that you may not even be aware of your whole upbringing huh, interesting and my job as a pastor our job as christian leaders is to create good ruts that we want them to stay and they may go off huh. and they may swerve but we want good like joyful gospel saturated gospel centered ruts in their life that are the foundation for how they think feel see hear touch everything about life that's wow. how i viewed so the stuff that they have to run into, is that kind of the, the More so there? like uh, just give it because they don't really know how to articulate it all or put okay. it all together. But you're giving them language like my kids sound like me. They mimic me. You're trying to give them the things that when when they come back to the faith, if they have a season or whatever, it's it's good stuff. There's good foundation. There's good theology there for them to fall back into. Yeah for the story of scripture, all these things that we take very seriously yeah. of, you know, right, the right. sovereignty of God, right. the sufficiency of Jesus, the, the beauty of the scriptures, the fact that it's a gift God's given us, mm -hmm. but, you know, so that's a, I, it's more so rather than trying to, here's, you may feel this, a lot of parents stress about their kids voicing heresy. 
My yeah. kid believes this. My kid believes right. this about sexuality. My <laughs> right. kid believes this about yeah. Muslims. They think, and the reality is, they're in the season where they're supposed to be dicing it up and trying to navigate some it's, of that. I more yeah. so think about ruts. What are the things undergirding all that that oh, I'm helping I see. shape? Okay. Rather than the final product and what they're writing on their paper, because the reality is, the teen years, you just you're figuring it out and you're going to say a right. lot of weird stuff. But if you're thinking about what are the foundations I'm giving, like here's a very practical one. You probably deal with this. Sunday church attendance is a rut I want in my kid's life. Hmm. So we go to church. Obviously, I'm a pastor. I should. I get paid. But when we're on vacation, we go to church Mm because I want that to be a rut for my kids. So that sort of thing is what I'm talking about. Like Rather than all the right Bible answers that parents freak out about, which I get. I'm a parent. I don't want my kids being wrong. But Mm -hmm. it's part of learning and growing and processing. Mm So Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you want to be a youth pastor? Do you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Up here, uh, <laughs> up here specifically. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, remember yeah. you, you? We've yeah. talked about kind of just right the five people in yeah. your life thing. Will you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, there's different studies. I think uh, Larry Osborne is one of the ones to highlight this study, but they were looking at what what keeps kids in the church, and one of the right. big things is kind of like that spider web thing. So, like, if they the way found that kids that had five relationships with adults that weren't family members right. that were Christians, they usually stayed in the church. Yeah. you know, and almost he, every time. Yeah, I even think my own. I had a lot of healthy adult relationships through either youth group or through just my church, and right. uh, I stayed in the church too. You know, yeah. so yeah. I. I Kara Powell's a big person in youth ministry. She okay. says the same thing. She's yeah. done study after study. Barna, all that says the same right. thing. Like, yeah. your kids need to be around other adults who love Jesus. Yeah. It's m- more than just the right answers they need. They need relational glue. Yeah. yeah. How do you, how have you practically done that? You're right. I mean, is it just, yeah. is it RC? Is it like, yeah. are there, did you guys set up certain meetings or how did you guys get those people in the same circles? So that's great. So the way I, we set up ministry at Gateway is it's small group driven. So we have uh, mentors, we call them. That's what we call our people who are with the kids. And the way we set it up, at least when I was there, Reese is running it now. So who knows what he's going to do to the thing. But. What's up, Josh? <laughs> we'll see how he's it goes. Tore, he's tore it up at this point. <laughs> they do none of that now. Yeah. Rip it up. Yeah. So they, the mentors start with the same group of kids in sixth grade, and they walk with them all the way to senior year, and they graduate them off. Sixth grade, they start? Yeah. Wow. And wow. the, way, the reason we did Jeez. that is the relationship piece. That it takes awesome. a while to build a relationship. It takes a while to build trust. And people are like, you get people to sign up for seven years? And by God's grace, we have. It's Holy been, cow. That's the amazing. The kind of vision we've given is we want you to be invited to these kids' weddings. That's 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 your overarching thing in your mind right now for this ministry. And we just pour into those mentors. We disciple those mentors. And a lot of it is just navigating the the stickiness of dealing with teens and their angst mm-hmm. and their issues and that relational sort of like my wife was a mentor. Her girls graduated off two years ago. It's it feels very one sided for a very long time, which yeah. is like what parenting is. Right. But it's hard right. when you've you're just hoping for more because they're looking more and more like adults. You got a mustache and you still act like a four year old. I'm right, confused. Right, right. There's something missing yeah, here. Like, right. So it's just coaching people and <laughs> discipling people to be in the lives of the young people. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing. That's great, man. That's, That's awesome. a super idea. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, like hey, ha- we haven't been doing this very well. <laughs> uh, get ready. Okay. Like uh, seven we're gonna year need commitment uh, cards are being mailed out. I, we're gonna need each one of you to come forward on I a think seven year commitment. Group start seventh grade. 
Yeah, seventh grade. Yeah. yeah. So, so seventh through twelve. I think so. ours sixth grade just started before I was even there, and that's what we wanted. Yeah. So we need a six-year commitment. Yeah. I think. I, I that, think if we can get bad. people to live in Flagstaff for seven. <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, no, that's really like <laughs> we've been at church for seven yeah. years. We're like, yeah, oh, man. So, but uh, yeah, so no, that's brilliant. Like no, no, totally. No, but I, I love that. Great. No, it's a great vision. No, that's awesome. Let me let me ask you this: what What is the church? not know about youth right now that mm. you think they yeah. should know. That's good. I think you've already touched on a few you. things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so I'd say this is really true. The older people get, and obviously this makes sense, but like maybe 40 and above, even 30 and above, I think they underestimate just how discipled they are by the world and just how much yeah. they've already formed a worldview. Yeah. I like I think my wife grew up in church. I didn't grow up in church, so I don't know all the weird church goofy. You did a little. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's like, like I we it. we it's clash a, all the time. On, we're not clashing the right word. Yeah, tell yeah, me yeah. this. Anthony you, has to educate me yeah, like, all hey, the time. You just stuff. did something bad. <laughs> well, you went the annoying one. So my wife said that this was a thing. Is yeah, yeah. uh, unspoken prayer request. Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, do that. good. Yeah, so I've never been. She's got all these goofy. Yeah, but I heard that all the time. I'm. I'm like, what are you saying? Unspoken. She's like, that's just what you say when you don't really want to say it. I'm like, I would slap a kid in my youth ministry if they said <laughs> unspoken prayer requests. Like, come on, that what? Get out of here. Anyways, um, so I don't come You've from. You've obviously a never had that backfire yes, on you either, well, where they speak the prayer request yes. and it's some very weird. Like details. you should have kept. <laughs> you should have kept that unspoken. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, that's on me. Hey, that's on me. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I think it's just. So, like, rewind 80 years, you're living on a farm, you've got two parents at the house. What are the voices in your life? Your dad, your mom, and maybe, right. like, a Sunday school teacher. Fast forward right. now, like, more information and the yeah. history of mankind is coming at our people yeah. and young people. And they don't have the filtering mechanisms. They don't have the convictions. They don't have the worldviews to know what to filter out. So they are just filled with so much. Like, you'd ask them, is this okay? And people would be shocked at kind of the morality they've come to terms with because mm -hmm. of the narratives they're listening to. That's right. Yeah. Um, mm. They'd be shocked. And I get it's more than just we don't want kids that, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. It's just but why do why are they yeah. okay with things that we think are crazy? It's because they've just been listening to so much, you know, social media. And I'm not against all that. I'm for it. It's just the real, it's discipling our, it's the same thing with news outlets with mm -hmm. our adults. Like they come and say, I'm not been discipled. Yes, you have. You've been watching yes, that news right, cycle for right, seven hours right, a day right, right. for the last 30 years of your life. Yeah. You sound just like fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And our kids are the same way, but with a very short of shallow, uh, veneer, finish, goofy social media world that just is eating at their souls. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I've noticed we in our youth, we do a meal together, and I thought it sounded kind of like too much work or like would teens really want to do it? And I think like... I bet they loved it. They love it. Oh, because yeah. I think it's because it's so different than like social media. Yeah. It's like we're sitting together across from one another, right. Right. talking, communing, all that kind of stuff. I just It's just interesting to me. There, There's like a craving in youth even for yeah. for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. It just, it's, it's a moment. Uh, it seems like there's the social media presence has force this like curation of your life you know oh that's so meticulously planned that at any type of moment where i think they don't yeah. even realize it you know but this moment where they don't have to like run that race you know right. is got to be pretty life-giving you know right so yeah but they don't feel the freedom or the 
they would never come to it on their own. Right. They need people to help them. Yeah. Like you can step out of that crazy. For, like I was talking to one mom back when I was at Gateway, and she took Instagram away from her son because she's like he was just off, not even pornography. Some of you youth that are watching right now, you're like, yeah. don't listen, mom. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't yeah. pornography. It wasn't that. It was just like he just feels off. And she took it away against his. Obviously, he wanted it for like two months, and he just kind of settled back into oh, that's the son I remember. That's. And there's just it's just pulsating mm-hmm. information and narratives and a lot of garbage. Right. Them. And it's like they I just feel bad for them a lot of times because yeah. yeah. they don't know how to navigate right. it all. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've even to, to put it like an adult terminology, like I, we have some friends, people in the church that have turned off social media for the like they were really into it for the first three, four months of covid. And the last like six weeks, I know right. a couple people that have like, I'm not doing that for a while. Right. And they've just become far kinder. <laughs> And just honestly more joyous, you know? I needed to do it. So it's the same thing. You know, like we just get shaped by this stuff yeah. and, it, and it impacts us at yeah. significant levels, you know? So Yeah, I'd say that on the flip side, I think older people, like you, underestimate how much young people want relationships. They just, you've got to be the initiator because mm-hmm. they just, and you've got to care beyond the surface and you got to be there for them and show up for them and love them know their name like bare minimum and just kind of check in with them like yeah. I was a high school teacher before this one thing i always made myself memorize the kids names by the end of the first week and i usually had 160 students and that like went such a long way just uh you know my name already it's like like yeah, yeah, yeah right, you care right, enough right. to know my name yeah yes like wow. i think older people underestimate that they could have a lot of great relationships or a few really good relationships with the younger people with a little bit of effort. Yeah. Just yeah. a little bit of effort. Right. Yeah. So, wow, that's I mean, great. Well, we, we, one thing I walked into this year with youth and we've actually talked yeah. about this a little bit. Uh, I, so I used to do youth ministry as a millennial, as a millennial to millennials yeah. years ago. The and glory days. The glory days, man. <laughs> you could just wear WWJD bracelets. No one judges you. Yeah. No. Uh, Some newsboys in the back. Yeah, newsboys, yeah. choir of the fire, yeah. dare to share. Uh, but anyways, uh, <laughs> now, this past year as I, I've been heading up our youth, it's a millennial with Gen Z, this next generation. And I've just been like, okay, this is different. <laughs> like these kids are very different than me. Like they're very different than how they view things and how they, like what they value and all that kind of stuff. Would you speak into some of the differences you've noticed between millennials, Gen Z, or even just maybe something different about Gen Z compared to previous generations yeah. in general, but just any of those. So millennials, there. I don't know how you define it. It's like born 1980 to 2000. Us. Yeah. It's basically that, that yeah. range. So, yeah. we're, so we're millennials. Gen Z would be 2000 and above. One way to so, think yeah. about it is like, Millennials were around for September 11th. Gen Z has no idea. Yeah, Another way yeah. to think about it is millen- Gen Z grew up with cell phones. Half of millennials grew up. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. That's kind of the breakdown. Yeah. And tw- 20s, 20 year old to birth, so all my kids up to like the college age kids, those are Gen Z. Big differences. Ah, millennials seem more angsty and existential and like trying yeah. to connect bigger dots to life, therefore leading to kind of depression. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, this they have big aspirations angst. and yeah. like angst. They also come from like a broken kind of home background, which I think is still similar. Uh, Gen Z seem, I, I, I don't have a lot of great answers cause yeah. I'm trying to figure them out. They see, yeah, there yeah. seems to be a, a weird uh, lack of, 
I hate to use the church word, but sacredness to how they view life. Like, mm. it's just, yeah. uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a YouTube star. What does that even mean? I want to be, you know, like, mm. it's just kind of whatever's on the screen is reality, and yeah. I want this on the screen. And this is way oversimplifying. Mm. I sound like a big old jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. But, right. like, to give yeah, you yeah. characters to totally. kind of play with. Um, I think that's it. They're digital natives. They're not experts in the digital world, but they've grown up with the digital stuff more yeah. than any other generation. Um, I don't know. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, I think even on your kind of saying like like their aspirations and goals, I think that's that's the biggest thing that I notice is because I, I mm. think millennials are kind of all over the place, right. you know, with They're that such stuff. such a diverse... And, yeah, yeah and I know probably people at home are already right. making jokes about, actually, no, they just don't want to work. But I think Gen Z, they do seem like they want to work. They yeah. do seem like they want to strive towards these things. But, oh, yeah, sorry. My, <laughs> anyways, uh, they do seem like they want to work. They do seem like they, uh, they want to strive towards these things. But what I've noticed is Western society has almost kind of pushed – cultural thought into nihilism right like this idea like do what feels good that's like all you can do right. in life be happy do, yeah. chase happiness do what feels good but it's like and a sugar-coated nihilism that doesn't follow the logical end to like at the end there is no point to end exactly and so i think that this generation that idea is being brought to bear on them more than um uh, any generation before right. it like that like they've they are the product of of this sort of a nihilism and i think that's also why we see anxiety depression totally. all these things jumping up in that because yeah. i think some of them even though they might not logically be going there they know I, just, I remember even having just a conversation with one of our youth about the difference between happiness and joy like biblical joy right. kind mm -hmm. of a thing and yeah. even like them not and this youth wouldn't mind me saying this but this youth feeling like I don't believe you. Like, I don't believe you, Anthony, that you have joy, like in Christ mm. and how hard that was, you know? So I think that's something like kind of, they, they seem to be much more go-getters, yeah. but so that they can be happy is yeah. one thing I've noticed that seems different to me than millennials, yeah. at least. Um, I guess they both seem pretty that. communal. Yeah. In a good sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of without a purpose though. That's like a unifying. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I read a lot of generation books, but no one really has great answers to a lot. Yeah. Don't be judgmental. Yeah. Don't yeah. be the jerk that's calling out millennials all the time. Right, right, um, right. We're still figuring. I think that's the other thing. Gen Z still figuring out who they are right. too, and well, we're figuring COVID, out. Like the millennials are shaped by 2008 and that you know the yeah. recession. Like it's kind of shaped us. What's COVID gonna do to this generation? You know, mm -hmm. my 10 year old, my eight year old, my six year old. Like, what's COVID gonna do long term? Not like physically, but on how they view the world. Uh, six months of their life people have been wearing masks mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah who knows what's going to happen right. with how right. they think right long -term. yeah so, totally I don't, yeah who knows yeah it's super interesting stuff yeah i mean i, I think it, part, part of why we ask is it's just if we are going to disciple the next generation we have to think through this stuff church we have to notice our yeah. differences we have to notice how we come across we have to notice how Totally. How we can care for that generation, totally. love that generation. So well, it's kind of like I, I don't know if you guys know about the race stuff going on. I, it, there's, I've there's heard a couple we've things. Heard some things. Have yeah. you guys aware? There's it's up here in Flagstaff, or it's mostly uh, Anthony. Yeah, I, heard, <laughs> so. I saw I saw some yeah. memes directed yeah. towards him. So, so there's some race stuff going on, like serious right, stuff. Yeah. And this generation thing, kind of, it's it's a. It's a, in the similar vein. The race stuff has sin and all this at its core. 
but the generation stuff, when you love someone, mm -hmm. you will get in their shoes. So whether it's mm -hmm. a white person getting in an African-American shoes mm -hmm. or a man getting in a woman's shoes, you will think through the world from their perspective. Yeah. If I'm going to love an older generation, I'm going right. to think through life from their perspective. If the, an older person is going to love a younger person, they're going to think through life in their perspective. I remember I had one older guy at Gateway say, hey, Watt, I need to talk to you. This thing just driving me crazy. Every time I say thank you mm -hmm. to a millennial or a Gen Z, or he didn't use these words, they, they don't say you're welcome. Mm. I say, well, they say no problem. Mm -hmm. or, of course. You know, right, right. we don't, I don't, I don't right. know if you notice this, but we don't say you're welcome. It drove him crazy. But he was curious enough and cared enough to ask why. He hates it, but he's going to still love and go into relationships with people who don't respond with this, you know, little phrase that mm -hmm. you should, apparently you're supposed to say you're welcome and people say right. thank you. Right. So, and it's interesting because I, I know like with my kids, like we, we hit that pretty hard, like with the, with the manners and yeah. stuff like that. And I think some of it is in this almost because we, because we've seen it missing. I right. think there was like the generation that was raising kids just before right. me just assumed it would come right. along. And then now we're, we're responding to the fact that it's not there. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I think what's so important in the conversation, and, and especially for, for you for youth that are watching, you know, and for the Gen Z that's watching, like we need you. You know, yeah. like we, yeah. we need you to love Jesus. Um, we, we need you to, to come and to teach us as right. well because – you know, we're three millennials, you know, trying to have a conversation about what this looks like right now. And we don't have the answers, you know, and so we want to be able to engage well. And some of that is yeah. I'd love to just invite, invite you Gen Zers for youth to, to give us grace in the midst of that, but yeah, come and talk please. to us about that and be present and be with Anthony and the rest yeah. of the team and, and, yeah. and the youth. Um, because reality is right. Like we won't be here forever. And, right. and, and you know, Gen, you won't be here forever either youth, you know, eventually yeah. you're going to be in our shoes and then older and, Looking to be figuring out how do you do this right. for Gen, you know, hey, whatever. whatever. Yeah, to start over, around. I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? So, so maybe, hopefully, Jesus returns. But that's what I'm see. banking like, on. We, I'm banking on that. That's like Alpha Jesus A to Z. You've just unlocked the Book of Revelation for us. Thank you. That's, yeah. Well, that's we're waiting on that. You locked it. Yeah. That's clearly what what. That's what it meant the whole time. I'll write a book about it. Yeah. Um. Let's put a bow kind of on some of the on the youth end of this thing. Um, can you just speak to, let's talk, let's talk Jesus and the gospel for just a minute, but just, let's do it. uh, how, if in any unique ways, would you say, is this the gospel story? Does like the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, does it like really speak to certain things about our youth that they need to hear? So even again, for, if our youth are watching, even just what is it about Jesus that you feel they need to grasp and capture based on who, who. We're learning they are. Or we need to highlight to them. So yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think all of it. I mean, the life that the full life. I mean, you had John Orion. The full life on this earth is not nihilism, is not attaining all this superficial stuff. It's dying to yourself. It's following in the footsteps of Jesus and loving others to the point of death death to your own desire will that's where you're going to find life and this angst and all the, so much of this stuff comes from a denial of the j shaped life the you know the cross-shaped right. life the life that says i'll go down into death for the sake of another person so just life at its core i mean we did a series in high school ministry called the death-shaped life and i just went through all the john ory stuff of life is found is when you lay it down for others that's mm -hmm. where um other J.I. Packer is a guy that just died. I remember reading his book, Knowing God. Mm -hmm. And I remember crying when I got to the section about adoption. And it's just, yeah, wow. I think the idea of family, the idea yeah. of the ad we are adopted into God's family is going to be 
relevant for a while because families are just busted up and mm. kids come from busted homes and to know that the father who runs this whole world wants to be your dad and wants to adopt you into his family i think that that gospel theme message plays all day and the church being the family that welcomes us in it's it's mm. it's that web it's that i mean that's like the fact that a bunch of teens want to sit with a millennial who was cool 10 years ago uh, no. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. maybe maybe yeah, yeah uh, totally. i was i was yeah, i was, right. I was. But just <laughs> you like yeah, how cool. telling is that yeah, yeah. no totally it's yeah. they when you said really that jess who's, who's <laughs> listening she was, her face was like that. Like that. Uh, <laughs> so that I don't relation, know if I've ever been cool. So I'd say Still those, is. The, no. the life, the fullest life, the most joyful life is yeah. a life shaped by the death of Jesus. And God has welcomed you into the family, regardless of your family background. He wants to be your dad. He wants you to have brothers and sisters. Yeah. He wants Jesus to be your big brother. Come. And, that, and that's interesting because awesome. I feel like one of the things that I have heard from youth that seem to be impacting them and they, that comes up a lot is the disunity of the church. Mm, yeah. right. And so it that's really true. seems to be this like, no, like, here I, we I, go there's again. brokenness yeah. here right. and then there's brokenness there. You're not doing things right. better, right? Yeah. So that's totally. interesting. That's interesting. Hmm. Well, hey, thanks for those yeah. thoughts. I think yeah. that's like really helpful. I think you yeah. just planned our teaching series for you. For yeah, the, I know. Yeah. Seriously. For the next school year. So, Food uh, and, and adoption. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. Webs too. Something like that. Dude, spider I webs, love, honestly, I love that. Yeah, rugs. I think that's something, honestly, it, it, we said it in jest, but if even some of that captured your imagination, some oh, of the yeah. older parents and families and, and it's older singles have just, what does it look like for us to really invest in? Right. You know, in these 20 and, in and younger. formal and, ways yeah. and informal. Just being the guy on Sundays who looks out for a teen to, you know, ask him about his week. Like, yeah. that goes so long. That's awesome. In the life of a teen. So. Very cool. All right, yeah. so let's pivot. Pivot. There is this awesome thing that's happening. We alluded yep. to it before. So Redemption Church, we've we've had a passion to plant churches both in Redemption and out of Redemption. Yep. We, uh, Flagstaff we, is we, part of that. Redemption yeah. Flagstaff is one of those. And yeah. so we ran from, like, 2011 when Redemption was planted to like 2015 and just planted like six like it right. was just bam 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 and then there was there's been kind of a few Radio year hiatus silence, yeah and then and then here comes josh watt and and uh redemption north mountain so uh what? let's can we just uh just talk about your story and why How why are you doing this yeah like what's where'd this come from and what's going on so this is hard because it's kind of a long story but the short answer is my i was practicing with my wife on the way up like hey what if they asked me about the church planning she's like too long too long too long <laughs> That's a classic. That's like that's what Verity says to everything I too say. Long, She's like, long. you're so, talking too much. Like I've lost, I've lost interest. So long story is, I loved being a pastor. My wife and I went through a really hard season with miscarriages, and I just kind of assumed my cap in ministry was going to be being a pastor at Gateway, and I loved it, and I was going to be just raise my family out there. Anyways, God gives us a four son. We come out of this dark season and we both kind of just start to think about what if we went and planted a church? Let's, and we both kind of collectively did. And we started praying and I was actually teaching a high school series on fasting and, and I fasted for a week. And at the end of that fast, your boy, John Crawford of Tempe oh, said, nice. I need to meet with you. Nice. And you know how the Tempe guys are. They have visions and dreams <laughs> yeah. and uh, all sorts of things. Yeah. Like gardens. They have, yeah. Yeah. They have gardens. Wanderings in the desert. Yes. <laughs> all that stuff. Not just Various three, metaphors. Three guys sitting in a room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. But that was, it was 
I fasted for seven days. On the seventh day, I met with Crawford, and basically he shared with me thoughts of planting a church. And it like was like, God, answer my prayer. Okay, I'm going to plant a church. And I started to think about planting a church in Chandler where I was living. And for a variety of reasons, that didn't materialize. So I kept praying. I went to this church planting assessment. Did you have to do one of these? Yes. Terrible. Yeah, it was brutal. So I go to this. Let's do another one. Let's run assessment. that back. Yeah. So they're basically just seeing, do you have the skills and the character to right. kind of be a successful church planner? So my wife and I go to Denver, do this. While we're there, by chance, we meet some pastors from North Phoenix. Um, and I leave that thing. I kind of get a like, yeah, you're, you'd mm-hmm. be good enough yeah. to, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. You're ticking most of the boxes here. The totally. biggest yeah. box they said my Aubrey and I need to figure out is you need to feel called to a location right. with people. Right. So we come back, and basically I have two conversations with people separate of each other, and they say, hey, have you ever thought about North Phoenix? And I'm like, we're in North Phoenix. And they kind of draw the same rectangle. So from the I-17 over to the 51, from like Greenway down to Shea, I don't know if you know that area, but there's you know North Mountain in there, there's couple high schools but they say i've always kind of had a heart for this area mm-hmm. so me and my wife like all right so we just go out in there and start driving around and seeing if we actually like the area yeah and we like the area a lot felt like where we lived in texas felt like we were living in chandler so we said all right and sometime last end of last year we said all right let's do this why not <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What else are we doing? A tenth redemption (laughs) always works, so I think we should go for this. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, it always works. So so we're going for it. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of how I like pastoring. I I built, kind of helped build student ministry, so that Mm -hmm. building aspect of like starting something. Right. God's given me some of that, so it feels like this should We'll see. Yeah. Let's yeah. go for it. It's a great journey, man. It is a, it was a blast coming yeah, up. Yeah, I remember here talking to you like years it ago, was yeah. the, just a fun season It of was life, a super like, fun season. Just yeah. building, getting people to follow you. Now let me tell you what it's really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the from the you're not getting paid aspect. <laughs> for the rest yeah. of the team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, deep, deep depression. Right. Just <laughs> angst. Someone's gonna move to California to get How away. Long and, Lord. Um yeah. so okay, so that's so, that's so you're gonna be up there. That's going. Uh, if I can almost just back up in a moment, yeah. just from a thirty-five thousand big picture level, why do we care about church planning? Like, why plan another church? Yeah. So redemption's <laughs> tagline, mission statement, whatever you call it, we, we want to birth and strengthen healthy local churches because we believe that the local church matters a lot. It's not like a sidebar to God's plan. It's not like if you get around to it, it's this is God's plan for the world. Yeah. Ephesians talks about the manifold wisdom of God is going to be made known by the local church, meaning all that God has for this world is going to be made known. It's like a, looking through a kaleidoscope. The church is the kaleidoscope for the church, for the world to see God. Mm, that's great. It matters, and it matters at a local level, not at a bunch of individuals off doing their own thing, separate of each other. It matters that we are the family of God. We're Redemption Flagstaff here locally for the people of Flagstaff in North, the North Mountain area for the people of North Mountain. It is the hope of the world. It's how people meet Jesus. It's how people, it's how disciples are made. It's how worldviews are changed. It's mm-hmm. how communities are changed. It's how right. anything good, lasting, worthy, what's Philippians say, anything lovely or right, worthy, right, yeah. any of that to happen, the local church is going to be a part of it. So, that's why we plant local churches on a more practical level. Uh, s- long-term churches don't meet the needs of newer people as much. Mm-hmm. And non-Christians tend to come to faith in newer churches. I yep. mean, that's why you plant a church. You did yep. all the reading and the studies. And yeah. Yeah. disciples are made seemingly in a special sort of 
seasonal way with the church plant mm-hmm. is kind of, I don't know if you'd add anything to that, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, so Ke- I'm sure you read Keller's, yeah. his stuff on church Why planting plant and and is, yeah. uh, and if you haven't read that, the white plant oh. churches document from Keller is, is Gold. amazing. And just breaking down even statistically of just what happens in a church plant. Right. And then I think one of the, one of the misconceptions, right. Is that it, it causes bad right. things to happen to the other churches right. in the neighborhood. competition and that, like, and we that don't actually need another is just one. not true. Right. You know, it's, it's actually a, or at least it shouldn't be true. If, if that's happening, it's, you're doing something wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. you're, you're not there to really right. seek the flourishing of the church, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah. So yeah, lots of, I think the other reason would be kind of the Anthony G story. My story is like, it gives new leaders an opportunity. It's kind of like this, mm. It's a church plan, so eh, we'll let Anthony It's a church plan, so Luke Simmons like, ah, oh, this Josh guy, I don't know. He doesn't know much, but yeah. oh, I know. you know, it's yeah, kind of no, like totally. it's God's way to like pump new leadership right. life and energy into the church. Yeah. As established churches kind of have their mechanisms and they have their people. It's just another way to disciple. And right. Leadership development is just another form of discipleship. It's kind of, you know. It just allows for more opportunities for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that, uh, making disciples and seeing new leaders just step into roles and run with stuff. That's and super good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. I think some. I think our culture is almost like has this like, why create another institution? Right. But like all you're saying there is like, no, we're we're extending the family. Right. Where the family is moving right. to another yeah. part of the neighborhood. Right. The family of God is trying to be all over the earth, really. Totally. So I with th- their I unique mark on it, like I think of my boys, they all four share a room, two bunk beds in a room. Like yeah. at some point they're going to want to have their own house where they can pick what they put on the walls. Like right, churches, right. like the next generation, the, the, the ethnicities that have moved into that neighborhood, the people that are now there in that socioeconomic class need to be the ones shaping that church uh, system in that area mm-hmm. and church planning is the way that's possible otherwise it's right, like right, right, old right. dying churches uh, oh, and a variety of healthy churches but just kind of stagnant traditional yeah. sort of churches yeah mm-hmm. no, that's right I think that even just think through you know so like uh, we've got three Jimmy Johns in town here you know yeah. and uh, and then Jersey Mike's just recently came <laughs> you know which was a glory for me I'm a big fan you're a Jersey uh, Mike's fan interesting oh yeah big time big time so um, you know, I think there's just then that same lens. It's like, no, they do a different take on right. the sandwich. This right. is getting weird, but just an idea of like they do it a different way right. and they're going to get clientele. And I think a lot of times we think through this scarcity mentality right. as if there's only a certain select amount of people that eat right. sandwiches. Like, no, everybody eats right. sandwiches yeah. and everybody needs Jesus, right. you know. So the entire city of Flagstaff, right. 100,000, you know, give or take, like with the university right. and all the students, they all need Jesus and they're not all eating Jesus right yeah. now. You right. know what I mean? And so on well, that passage in Luke, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Jesus said, the one thing you're always going to be short on is laborers for the harvest. Right. Like there's never an abundance of churches or abundance of ministry yeah. happening. It's yeah. always, we need more. Right. You know, could you talk to, so there, there was kind of a neat, there's already like forming and not yeah. even form. I'd say even form that you're stepping into a kind of a neat collaboration of churches in, in the so, North Phoenix area. Yeah. And, and maybe great. just talk about that for a moment. So that's kind of part of part of the story is those North Phoenix pastors. One of them drove me around and said, I think about this area. Another was a redemption leader who I met with and said, I think you should think about this area. But the North Phoenix pastor who pastors it 
up there in North Phoenix and has for a while said, we kind of think of an ecosystem, a church, the, the, the Christian life is an ecosystem. And I love trees. That's kind of my side hobby, my side hustle. If you ever need tree help. Uh, uh, but he said plants, you need all sorts of plants in the environment. And with the same with churches, we, he says, we've got a lot of charismatic sort of assemblies of God churches here. We got a lot of certain, this size, if the church is an ecosystem, we need new parts of the ecosystem and redemption brings a reformed missional mm-hmm. uh new because it's a church plant uh thing into Presence. the ecosystem yeah, yeah. Right. so, so it's it, like right. it's complementing what's already there it's helping the That's ecosystem thrive yeah, it's exactly. not competing i mean you yeah. probably experience this with the people up here like you just need more different churches yeah. because there's a diversity of people in every part of town and you're going to meet and uh, reach new people that other folks don't. And that's, that's why. And there's just a sweet collaboration there. It's like mm-hmm. the people, I mean, they've been praying there's been a group of pastors praying for years now for a church plant to be started. And yeah. then recently one of them told me that we recently kind of prayed, we want a, an indigenous meaning we want kind of somebody from the Valley. We don't necessarily want a parachute guy to pop in here. So they've been praying for this and, not that I'm the answer to prayer, but you know, yeah. God's working. It's and okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll it's see. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> I know. You might be uh, someone else's answer. Right? Yeah, we'll yeah, see. Totally. So, yeah, it feels good that it feels like uh, the way I use my wife and I use this language, it feels like there's this current and God kind of pushed us in and we're just moving in the direction he's mm-hmm. been moving all mm-hmm. along. And now some other people are getting pulled in by us or falling in and we're kind of moving towards let's plan a redemption in North Phoenix. Right. Let's go. Right. We That's got awesome. the church's blessing there. We've got God's favor on us and yeah. redemption's like, all right, let's do this. So yeah, it's fun. It's really exciting <laughs> stuff, man. Uh, so, and, and so redemption, uh, so redemption flag staff, you know what? Yeah. We really wanted to, to take time, obviously to, to have that youth conversation, but then we wanted to, for you to meet Josh and, and hopefully we'll have Josh up uh, when we're back meeting in person. So you guys can meet him and talk to him. We can pray yeah. over him and things like that. Um, and so, because man, we, we really believe this, like at a real serious level, um, we, like he's one of your pastors, like in, in kind of a weird way, like just because <laughs> of the way redemption functions as a family yeah. of local congregations and just the ties that we have with right. one another in our leadership structure across the state and just the, just that camaraderie and that love. And so right. we want to celebrate this with you as well. Like this yeah. is this is something that Redemption Church, we are doing together and we're benefiting from and we yeah. have a presence in, in the North Mountain, North Phoenix area. And there's been so many people that have uh, come to, especially a lot of NAU students come yeah. up here and then move back to the Valley right. and get plugged into one of the Redemptions. And we love that aspect yeah. of it as well. And so we wanted you guys to know Josh, to see Josh, to pray for Josh. Um, but really also, what are other ways, and I've told him to be unabashed and uh and what are ways that we can support and serve him his family and and the church plan so whatever you think you guys brought your checkbooks as well yeah we're gonna do this right now uh Um, I just say be prayerfully, uh, dreaming about how God might involve you in this. I, I, I met with a church planner down in central Phoenix. He's planning in what's called Midtown. You might know what that is, I don't yeah, yeah. but he said that one guy that was going to, one family that was going to come with them, we're going to be a part of the core team. We're going to move out there. And they just started praying and thinking. And they said, let's, let's do some math. If we stayed out in Gilbert, which is cheaper than Phoenix versus if we moved to Phoenix, how much money we would save if we just stayed where we're at. Hmm. And they kind of got the amount. And they said, what if we just wrote you that check, which basically kind of gets them into a building. And not, not to say, like, I want a blank a, check for a building, okay. but just 
We are a no, family. Love, we are redemption. Yep. We're all praying towards the same goal that Jesus yep. would be made much of. So be praying about what God might how God might involve you or involve you to involve someone else in what we're doing. So pray about it. Uh, pray for me, Josh and Aubrey, uh, just that we'd have a good foundation yep. built there. And then obviously you can give if you want to have a website we can post, you know, there's a yeah, we'll online giving we'll put some links in and, um, yeah. is obviously always, you know, church planners uh, need, but then also people, my email's just Josh Watt at redemption AZ. If you know of people, if you've got family members, uh, not the weird ones, the ones you actually like, <laughs> like send the weird ones, the flag. I don't, and, but if you know people, here. I mean, <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> Anthony sent me a, just a great couple that I've already met with. And just as you know, people who want to be connected to a church and maybe want to be a part of this from the ground up, uh, email me and let me know about them. Or if you have questions for me about where specifically and just email me. I yeah. love, I'd love to, I mean, you were church, but you, I love talking about it. It's, yeah, man. It lights me up, man. Just to right. see God start something and to think 10 years from now, there's going to be a church that wasn't mm-hmm. there before. Like crazy. Yeah. We're sitting, yeah. Redemption yeah. Flagstaff was not here yep. eight years ago. Eight years and ago. now get yeah. you guys. I know. Seriously, got a futon. Arizona, Arizona. Yeah, Diet Coke in the fridge. Yeah, kombucha. No, I mean, I think, and that's such a brilliant thing, and I love that, and I would love for us to think through. I mean, it was so. It was June of 2012 that myself and Verity, Anthony and Jess. Two other married couples and and uh, and a really attractive single guy moved up here and uh, and just that? started getting to know this city. Zach, Zach, Zach. Oh, oh, yeah, gotcha. Zach, yeah, sharp looking guy. Yeah. And uh, and so we moved up with just a desire to yeah. come alongside the work that was already happening and see you guys doing the same thing. Yeah. And so I do want to implore our people, like take take prayer especially very yeah. seriously and praying for the God, for God to use this this new mm. work down there in partnership with the other churches to see more people love Jesus. You know, and yeah. so um, and in that, as as other things come up of other ways, yeah. like, please give. Like we we benefited tremendously when we planted up here through generous donations of people that were never going to be part of our church right. plant, yeah. were never going to be around, but just wanted to see another uh, gospel right. presence up here in Flagstaff. And so, if you're feeling led to that, you're excited about that, excited about the work, um, yeah, we'll post some links. So please feel free to do that. Um, and again, hopefully we'll have yeah. you back up and have you shake awesome. my hands and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, anything from either of you guys just to kind of wrap us up before before we sign off and move into a time of response? No, that was great. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Cool, I love man. being with you guys. Yeah, seriously. I wish I lived closer, but you guys well, now you do a little bit, yeah. Technically forty-five closer. minutes We're really drive. excited because we're hoping Tyler will start doing yes. meetings at your campus, which yeah. saves you and some so time. We'll save, go. yeah, a good yeah. forty minutes on our drive. Have we never had a flag uh, staff meeting? We have no, not. we have not. And oh, I don't okay. know why I'm looking at the camera like Tyler's going <laughs> to watch. Watching. Like Tyler, Tim, yeah. and Luke are like, oh yeah, we really watched that one. Oh, even if you did, we love you so much. Like it's so grateful for you guys. And then Redemption Flag staff, we love you. We're so we're so blessed by you and hopefully you're blessed by this time so yeah. uh we're going to move into a time of response now i'm just going to pray for josh and Thanks, for aubrey man. and for their church plant and Appreciate uh it. and then we'll we'll move in time uh move into that anthony Lee's in that in just a moment so Thanks. let's pray god we uh we thank you for your grace and your mercy god we thank you for the gospel um god it is good news and i pray that it becomes uh good news to the people that you have 
um, gone before Josh and Aubrey and his team and Redemption North Mountain to serve, that, that that news that reaches them, God would cause rejoicing. It would also cause repentance, confession, and salvation. It would cause people to well up in a desire to pursue Jesus uh, for the sake of his kingdom, which would bring new life and vision and honestly just water to the desert, God. And so, God, would you bless him, uh, bless his marriage. Thank you for Aubrey. Thank you for her heart for Jesus and her love and support and care. God, thanks for uh, for his four kiddos. Bless them. May this. I pray that this church plant would be a a solidifying foundation in their walks with Jesus for the rest of their lives. God, that they would love you more because this massive thing happened in their lives too. So would you bless him and bless the team? And God, would you go forth and just do awesome things? God, we love you. We thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, bro. Thanks.